Welcome to That Game Show, the awkward, inappropriate, random podcast that occasionally talks about games. What's, What's up, up everybody? What, what are you doing? <laughs> I figured I'd give some love to the audience. Give them a little bit of two for action. But I mean, that, that, that's... We're just coming back. I mean, you're, you're three episodes in. I should have expected... I should have known by now. That's on me. I should have expected you to You gave me in. way too much time. Yeah. I gave you like, way too much time. If you're new to the show, Kyle just will randomly mm-hmm. at some points. If I, when I hit record and I, I give him it. a long enough time, he will mm-hmm. just jump in just out of sheer impatience. I'm like, I, you, we're lining up and I'm counting down in my own head when that gun's going off. And I'm like, I think I've got it down to a science. Yeah. It's not I, too hard to count from three though. Th- that's also very true. I, I should just stop doing the cow and then just wait yeah spontaneously although you risk a few f-bombs in there that's also very true uh what's up everybody welcome to that game show i am chase bunker he is kyle helmstar thank you very much for listening we have a lot to talk about in this show legend of zelda tears of the kingdom came out uh it is highly regarded as quite possibly the game of the year uh a lot of great scores we'll talk about that in just a little bit we were going to lead the show with that but then Kyle just said, no, 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 let me do this. In the rare, rare moment mm-hmm. that he decided, hey, I'm going to take the lead here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Kyle, I mm-hmm, I say mm-hmm. begrudgingly, mm-hmm. the floor is yours. Mm-hmm. And also, yeah. please mm-hmm. don't swear because mm-hmm. it makes mm-hmm. it difficult to edit. Mm-hmm. I'll put timestamps on it, don't worry. Okay, great, um, thank you. Yeah, so this news broke, what, earlier today? Uh, maybe a little bit into this morning, last night. Overwatch 2 decides, hey, listen, we made this whole new game. We have all these promises. Also, screw the promises. And it's not really a whole new game anymore. Also, there was never a new game. It's actually just the same game with a 2 on it. And we got rid of the loot boxes. I, um, oh, boy. Do you want me just to go? Should I, should I, I just, just go? I, for for context, for, which by the way, I I, I think like I have I have some stuff up here that I won't lie. I had a feeling you were going to talk about this. Like mm. for context, Kyle is a big fan of Overwatch, and if you've listened to previous episodes, he will go on tirades about this, about how much he loves and hates this game. Oh man, it's just uh, it's like it's it's not even abusive at this point. Now it's just masochism for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even close. So for context, all right, so um, let's go with this. I believe it was this morning as of recording this episode. So, um, uh, boy, I just I just got to, you know, get this off my chest. It's it's a lot. So executive producer Jared Nouse this morning came out and said, um, hey, listen, guys, we're not doing the PVE. And so this is the big thing, because Overwatch 2, when it was introduced as a concept was, okay, cool. So like Overwatch 1 is here. We love it. It's cool. But like, let's do Overwatch 2 with PVE. And people were like, okay, okay. So like what, 2 is like PVE, and we're going to keep 1 as PVP, and we're just going to kind of split the two. And they're like, not not quite, no, no. We're going to go and switch over to two where all the new stuff is going to be. By the way, they didn't release anything new for one as soon as they made that announcement. So remember that in your head. They promised us all these new characters. We've gotten like three. And wouldn't you guess, one of them was broken upon release and the other two were garbage upon release. Wow. So 
you know, we got this new game that was new again, new game that was teased and we've been waiting. It came out. It was buggy upon release. Who would have guessed it? It was almost like Bethesda made it um, riddled with problems with the servers. And it's like, okay, it's a new game. That's fine. It was free to play. So like that is of benefit. We didn't have to drop 60 bucks on an incomplete game, but they got rid of multiple things. So they changed it to 5v5. That could be liked. That could be disliked. Then they were like, you know that loot box system that you kind of really like? We got rid of it. And they put in a battle pass. And the battle pass is now costing money. And it's like, you don't need it to have fun. But it completely negates the whole purpose of like, I play a bunch of games, I lose a bunch of games, and I still get loot. That's gone. Maybe that's a loser's mentality. I don't know. But I was like, okay, that's cool, though. We get PvE events. We get PvE events! And then today, he pretty much came out, and he said, yeah, so, you know, we got a lot of great ideas. They're they're great ideas. They're grand ideas. One would say they're fantastic ideas, but we have no idea how to do them, so we're just going to go ahead and scrap it. So, to recap, we got a new game that wasn't new. We got promises that weren't promises. So, pretty much, I have Spaghetti... And I now have Spaghetti 2, but the only difference between Spaghetti and Spaghetti 2 is nothing. Just tears. Just, why would you, what? The mother of. Thank you. You're welcome. So yeah, I, you know, so as, as an avid fan, I'm not even, I can't even say, can I say professional podcaster? Are we professional podcasters? I, I think we've done enough panels to call ourselves, quote, professional, even though we sure. don't get paid to do this. Semi-professional. Yeah, there you go. It's, it's just mind-blowing. It seriously is like, I mean, we, 2022 into 2023 have been the years of like insufficient gaming where developers promise all these games then they don't deliver and you pay 60 bucks and you're like why do i keep doing this to myself and then we have this where it's like i'm disappointed in a free game and i don't even know how this possible and i just i'm kind of lost at the whole we're just going to go ahead and take the thing that we promised we've looked at it we really like the concepts the ideas and all the work that the team has put in but we're going to go ahead and scrap it and it almost feels like we never actually had plans of doing it because ultimately we knew that you suckers would buy that mother and it wouldn't even matter i censored that right i th i think that's close enough yes bingo so yeah horribly disappointed horribly sad and now i'm just kind of left with like okay so where do we go moving forward because i'm not saying that i was waiting for that for the pve but like i would say a majority of the most fun events in that game were always like maze snowball offensive which was still pvp but then you get into the story modes where you had to deal with the omnic crisis all these multiple variations of it you know you had story modes that were associated with it where you kind of got like little insights into things you're like ah oh, this is cool with associated skins and you're like ah so fun <laughs> and now you're just like spaghetti too man but you eat it with a spoon because it's less enjoyable yeah, you have to eat it with one less utensil because that's all he did. It which reminds me of what uh, Imran Khan posted on Twitter. He is a former uh, senior editor for Game Informer, and he does stuff over at Kind of Funny. Uh, on Twitter, he says, "Fans, put more story in Overwatch, Blizzard. We've been doing exactly what you want." Fans, excited gasp. Starting in Overwatch Two, uh, there will be one fewer character per team. 
And then other, like, the reaction has been, like, the utter disappointment. Uh, Sam Ito, for, uh, former contenders and rank 1 Overwatch player. Overwatch 2 PvE will be a hollow shell of what was promised. Years of content drought for fractions of what was promised. No ta hero talent trees. Basically, a regular Overwatch campaign released in small pieces. It was all for basically nothing. What a heartbreaker. It, it's, is it even basically at this point? It is for nothing. Like, they, yeah. they literally didn't give us a damn new thing. And it's mm -hmm. like... Oh, no, wait, that's not true. We got push. We got the new game mode push. Yes. Because you got know, Team a, Fortress didn't have enough things stolen from them. Yeah, exactly. It's a glorified tug of war. Uh, friend of the show, Jacob Wolf on Twitter. I feel for the devs, and there's a lot of people who will unfairly dance on their graves, so to speak. The reason this is the case is though that the C... That the C-level Activision Blizzard have pushed PVE as, quote, game-saving for both the health of the game and Overwatch esports. Overwatch is a passion for many, but a failure as a whole from a more broad perspective. It has never been the game... The it's never been that the game is inherently bad or that the ideas behind it aren't worthwhile to create. It's a classic case of expectations and the yoga babble doesn't meet the reality. He's completely right. I mean, when you think about it, you've got a decadent, like, Sunday in front of you, right? You've got this ice cream that's just so tasteful, so good, so so nice and cold, but not too cold where it's actual ice. It's just got the, it's got flavor that you can just look at it and you're like, mmm, mmm, some good looking ice cream right there. And then, then they get this little, they, they put a nice little banana right there and you're like, ooh, okay, that's looking kind of, mmm. I'm feeling a little frisky. I got something. I got something waiting for me. And they're like, mm, "Here's a little bit of hot fudge and a little bit of caramel." And you're like, "Oh boy, we're getting somewhere right now." And then, and then they say, "If you like that Sunday, we got Sunday too." And you're like, "Oh." And they're like, "Sunday too is gonna have two ice cream flavors. Sunday too is gonna go ahead and have three sauces, a little bit of." whipped cream on top and we'll throw some sprinkles on there for pizzazz and what they ended up doing was they they gave you one less scoop of ice cream they cut the banana in half and they took a giant steaming poop on top of it and now you're just left with banana too not even ice it's not sunday too it's banana too because that's all that's left of it. it's just the storyline is good the lore is incredible the character voice the voice actors are phenomenal for the most part kiriko was a little a little sus but that's okay like i'm sure she tried maybe it was her new job i don't know but, like, the voice acting is amazing. Like, there are so many good things. The concepts, the the work that they put into the characters. Like, there are so many good things about it. And then they just... This is just where I feel like they don't care about the game because they know people are going to play it regardless. I just... That's the part that loses me. Like, where in this concept of an idea did you look at it and say, all right, we're on the cusp of something great. Now let's just go ahead and back off. Let's just foot off the gas screw it that, that's like having that, a game show you know it's it's one of those where we've seen blizzard just slowly go on the decline and it, it's one of those like they'll have all these ideas like it, it kind of reminded me a bit of starcraft ghost in a way where this was this, it was a game it was this idea they liked it they had like all these like they had a good amount of it worked on and then they just said no we don't need this game anymore and it was just like wait what like there's no reason for you to cancel this i could understand like going in and just saying oh hey you know what i think like we need to push this back a little bit and now part of me yes. is slightly wondering how much of this 
is based on the Microsoft borderline failed acquisition of Blizzard. And I feel like there was a part of this that was saying, okay, hey, right now we might not be able to do this. Well, Microsoft is buying us. We're going to have more money. Maybe we can pull this off. And now it's like... The spaghetti comparison, I feel like, is perfect because of the fact that they you completely got rid of the first game like you phased that out entirely mm. for this new game that you said was going to be this pve like it was going to be the overwatch that you know and love but also it's going to have pve features so it's more accessible to everyone also we're going to do season pass because we're a game in 20 in the 2020s so therefore you have to have a season yeah. pass of some kind yeah and now between the botched launch of Diablo Immortal, there's now this. I have zero faith in Diablo 4 being great. Like, I wonder what's happening with Blizzard. I've questioned a lot of what Blizzard has done, and I feel like we are... I don't want to say we're witnessing a decline, because I feel like the decline of Blizzard has just been it's happening been, for years. Been, I would say that it, it happened a little bit pre-Jeff Kaplan's departure, but I really sit there and wonder i like i know that there's a ton of reasons that were speculated i know that there was obviously a lot of like there were scandals that were going on mm-hmm. there was a lot of workplace harassment a lot of things that ultimately like even under your jurisdiction like they just can't be happening but i also wonder how much of this was the company looking at the at the profits of the battle passes and other games and saying we want a battle pass and jeff kaplan kind of holding out Maybe that's not what he wanted. Because I think there was an interview where he said he was not a fan of it. And I wonder just how much of it became like, they're like, we're going to do it. You either can get with it or you can get out. And he was like, all right, well, I'm out then on good terms. Because I mean, the battle, the only thing that keeps me from ripping the battle pass apart is that they introduced it and then they hid characters behind the maximum tier while making it a very difficult battle pass to actually achieve because of the low level, like leveling up skill. Mm -hmm. They hid characters behind that and I was going to lose my mind if I could. And I still to this day, actually, for a while, could not play Ramada because I missed the battle pass season due to school stuff. I play as much as I can without being like addicted. And the problem is like, so you're telling me that I missed out on who was a pretty damn good character because I didn't play it every single day for multiple hours and lose half the games that I played at least. That's some stupid like right there. And it's a thankful thing that they made it possible to unlock Ramada otherwise. And this will probably follow with life weaver and stuff. But I'm like, if you guys hit a character behind a battle pass that you have to pay for, I just start to wonder, like, now you're starting to tear into that whole play-to-win category rather than, you know, just play for, or like, you know, pay for cosmetics. Mm-hmm. And that's where the slope really gets slippery, in my opinion. Overwatch so. 2, I feel like it's... What sucks now is Overwatch 2 was gaining momentum because people were now starting to be able to play it. You didn't have your server issues anymore. Mm-hmm. And then now you just you suck the life out of it. And now I'm wondering what's like, what's next for overwatch esports? Because that's also been going down. Yeah. I I don't see that recovering unless they, I mean, like you may see some, some live, like some life pump back into it with life weaver. There have been a lot of really cool plays and compilations that I've seen on different things like Reddit and YouTube. 
that genuinely invigorates the level of mobility in characters because of his ability to life pull on top of his like uh, aerial ability. So that's fun. But I don't think that this re I don't think it invigorates the the community as much as it needs to professionally. And I think that ultimately it's going to fizzle out until there's a new game on the market that can take over and kind of run the scene. And I just don't see this game holding steady at this point. Not, not professionally anyway, it'll hold its player base. Otherwise cause it's a free game, but I, mm. I want to see, because I I'm seeing, I'm looking at their views of recent matches and like some of them just aren't good. Like one of them, like the, the between the shock and the New York, uh, New York XL is at 20 K 26 K views, excuse me. But then you look at the Valiant versus the Mayhem three days ago and 9.6, 9.3K. It's like, I, I want to know, like, that's not really a good indicator of who's watching, but I feel like the views have also been significantly going down as well. And I feel like we're starting to see the decline. We've been already hearing reports of the, of sponsors or like the people that have like paid money to get into this are starting to pull out because they're not getting their money back. They're not getting any return on investment. And I feel like now it's like, okay, I've seen this before. Mm. I saw this with heroes of the storm. Mm. Now I'm not saying that they're going to shut down overwatch entirely, but no. I feel like not yet. it's a big blow. It is a massive blow to the game and its community. I'm very curious the direction that they go with next because we've been kind of held back from PVE events dating back to Overwatch 1 when they teased 2 because they were saying, hey, we're preparing the PVE for 2. So we stopped getting holiday events. We stopped getting random, really just random year events like we used to. Like we had Halloween. We had obviously Junkenstein's Revenge. They kind of spruced up the second and third year. Then they kind of just let it stay flat. But it was a fun mode that you could play for a few days and be like, aha, like it's it's okay. Like I, I enjoy this change to monotony. And then you go into like the uh you had the retribution event. Again, a fun change from monotony. It's like, okay, there's a little bit of new incorporation here. Like it's the it's a standard PvE, but like I'm enjoying little bits of it. Then they just stopped and they just kept on recycling the same event, and you're like, mm. All right, well, hopefully this new PvE is really good. And now it's just like, they've just let that whole thing die for several, well, I guess it'd be, what, two years now? Since yeah. Because they, they announced, it's been like, what, two years since we got something really new. So I just, I don't know, man, it's a stab to the heart, honestly, because it's like, I've been waiting for this. I think a lot of people have been, we just, it's not even like we were like, well, some people's opinions were probably really high, but well, yeah, no, a lot of people's opinions were high because like that was the thing when we played the story missions. Which, by the way, they're saying story missions are going to come in season six, and so it's like, okay, so if you want any quote story, you're gonna have to wait a little bit longer. But it's just yeah. the fact that like this was your main cell. This is why we're gonna have Overwatch two, and the only difference now is you eliminated it, and you've also just decided that the difference. Between Overwatch 1 and Overwatch 2 is just the subtraction of one character and the addition of a battle pass. And that is essentially it. And I think it's Blizzard taking the easy way out instead and found that there is no profitability in it. Therefore, we don't need it. It's like a kick in the booty hole. You were, you know, you always expect to get kicked in the nads, but you never expect to get kicked in the booty hole. I think it's, I think Overwatch 2 
I'm going to say it. I think Overwatch 2 is an absolute failure now. Because your main draw, your main specific thing that was supposed to keep you to stand out from the previous game was PvE. And what did you decide to do? Hey, we can't have it anymore. As a hot take. One might even say a bunker's burning hot take. Chase Bunker. I think what's funny is that a lot of people in that community also hate it. Everybody hates it. There's nothing good. Like, you play, and you do your rankings, and you just think to yourself, this is the season that I'm not going to suck. Kyle Helmstetter. And then you rank, and you're like, I still suck. This is that game show. All right. Uh, we'll do uh, Tears of the Kingdom because that's topical. Good. We need to stop shitting on people anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like our last four episodes have just been yeah. uh, fucking shitting on people when yeah. I feel kind of bad. Like, whoopsie daisy. <laughs> Not Tears. Oof the Kingdom. Oof. 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 So another big thing that happened in the world of gaming is the release of Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. It is a game that I will only associate as the game that would not be announced at a Nintendo Direct because the Queen of England died. And that was the only reason why they didn't announce it. And that's the only thing I could think of every time people talk about it. Rip moment of silence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like we got to do something lighthearted. We've uh, we've been on a roll right now, shredding people, and I'm sure that they're really hurt by our very uh, very influential opinions. Yes. So this yes. is good to this is a good shift of gears. I like it this. It is a good shift. Mm -hmm. um, have you played it yet? I have not got the chance to play it. Not yet. Okay. I, I have will not be most certainly playing it soon, though. I have not played it yet. Uh, my wife is playing Breath of the Wild right now. I have a feeling that as soon as she's done, she might clamor for this game because right now she's clamoring for one game it's silk song and i have a feeling when yeah uh she really loves hollow knight and so okay. i have a feeling when she beats breath of the wild she's really going to want to the tears of the kingdom by the way it's been a while i think maybe uh, i want to say maybe since elden ring that we've got like universal praise i know god of war got a lot of like mm -hmm. tens yeah, like, god of war ragnarok got a lot of tens but i feel like i also saw some eights in there but it's like ign yeah. 10 inverse 10 GameSpot 10 destructoid 10 like game informer 9.8 like i all of it is just praising this game and i think what's even better is the they have this new feature and i don't know what it is because i I'm not familiar with uh, Legend of Zelda, but it's essentially like you can create like your these own like the these mechs in a way, and you see people essentially just make makeshift Gundams and just these vehicles, and it's like oh, 
This is Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts, but substantially better. Giving people the ability to create things in games is is by far one of my favorite things. I loved the gummy ships, the the ones that people would come up with because they'd be mm-hmm. so weird. I love, I love the creation of things. I love that they did this because it's something small, but it's it's sweet. It's so it's such a li- nice little niche touch on top of things. It really is. And what's crazy is that it's probably going to be a staple now in mm. all the other Zelda games. Like, wait, 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 hold on. I want to make sure I have my creative function again. They kept the uh, weapon damage system. And I, it sounds like I'm not a fan of it, but it sounds like they also fixed it with like the fusion system. Like It sounds like they took everything that was wrong, and I use that term loosely, with Breath of the Wild, and they somehow like made it significantly better to make this clear game of the year contender it's probably going to win unless like uh starfield or something like just blows it out of the water but this might quite possibly be and i know we're only three years in game of the decade Ooh, we have never done a game of the decade we have not before. that'd be an interesting one that would be an interesting one if we actually did that we would have to do it in 2030 and it would just be for the 2010s game of the decade if we did it our style, it would be that way. It's Skyrim on the fridge! I will say this, though, about um, about uh, The Legend of Zelda and Tears of the Kingdom, is I think that this was a game that, for the first time, I'd truly say, really pushed the limits of the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it got... And this was not a fault to the game or the developers. This was more of just a critique of the console that there were some very occasional moments where the frames dropped to 20. And that was like one of the first times that I've heard like everybody pretty much unanimously saying, this is a, this is a hardware limitation, like truly. Because Pokemon tried to pull it and they didn't get anywhere with it. And I know that uh, Breath of the Wild was praised pretty universally for being able to find a way to stretch that hardware limitation. This is like the first time where I'm, I think that people are kind of like, hmm, does this game almost lead to a new console development? I mean, they haven't teased anything about it to my knowledge, but is this game so good that if they continue this franchise, they're like, hmm, we need a whole new console just to run this game. So it's funny you say that because one, uh, I watched Andy Cortez from Kind of Funny on stream. I believe it was him that said this, that this would more than likely make Nintendo develop a Switch Pro. Or something along those lines. I think it will. And the thing is, when you said, like, does this make it like, happen? It's not the first time, technically. Because if you remember back in the N64 days, Donkey Kong 64 came with an expansion pack just so you could play it. Because there an wasn't... Expandong expansion yes. pack? Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. Oh. it. It was a... It was more RAM to help run the game, essentially. <laughs> yeah, more so, RAM. Yes. And so I wouldn't put it past Nintendo to just develop a Switch Pro or some form of enhanced Switch to better play Tears of the Kingdom. I know some people might say, well, what about the Switch OLEDs? Like the Switch OLED, that doesn't even compare. Like that's that's substantially different than a Switch Pro. I would say that actually now that you mention it, Nintendo's always kind of found that the reason that they advanced their systems have been 
they reach a pinnacle on the software that they're at with a, a particular game. Like, I would say that Smash Bros. slash Mario Kart, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, was it? I don't know. But that was the one that really pushed them to be like, okay, well, the Wii U was the Wii U. Let's go ahead and do something bigger now. And the Pokemon games kind of pushed it too, but we didn't really get a Pokemon game on the Wii, Wii U. I mean, like, Battle Revolution doesn't count. Um, typically, you're right, actually, now that I think about it. They really do find the game that kind of pushes their limit of the software, and then they're like, ooh, if we want to make even bigger profits on something better, let's go a step up. So I'm curious, do you think that they hold on to the to the Switch design? Like that whole like family-friendly portable console? Or do they go more stand console-esque? No, they'll, they'll stay with the handheld. Like the, handheld, the, the, so the Switch, the handheldness is is substantially more profitable for them. I, I think also that's, love it personally. Yeah, I think that's been one of the biggest draws is the fact that you can play things mobily. And mm. it's also partially why we have things like the Steam Deck because of the fact that you can take a whole console, hold it in your hands, and you could just travel along with you. And I think if PlayStation should have thought of that, man. I mean, they PlayStation did. Should have thought of that. Oh wait! Oh wait! <laughs> All the Vita people that are listening, like, sorry, mates. Oh man, triggered. I will say this to I will say this to all the Vita people. The PlayStation Vita died so that we can get the Nintendo Switch and the Steam Deck. Thank you for your sacrifice. More specifically, so that we could get the Legend of Zelda. Tears of the Kingdom. Chase Bunker. Did you actually, like, play anything that came out in 2022? Kyle Helmstetter. Oh, see, you prefaced it with 2022. I was going to hit you with the, yeah, you know that game with the T-Rex where your Wi-Fi hasn't loaded yet, so you're just like the T-Rex hopping over the cacti? Okay. I played that. I played that multiple times. That was a lot of fun. This is that game show. And that's going to be it for our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at Chase Bunker. You can follow Kyle on Instagram at Scandinavian underscore sensations. Uh, you can also watch us on YouTube if you'd like. YouTube.com slash that game show. I don't know why I'm saying some of this stuff because Shane already says it in the outro. Oh. So, yeah. Well, that's perfect. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't say the Twitter handle and the Instagram handle, but he's like, oh, just check out YouTube and Facebook. And then he just says the addresses. Uh, by the way, if you've been watching us on YouTube, thank you so much for checking us out and for also watching our shorts. That it's shorts are weird, and it's really weird to like make them, but they are fun because it's like you get like the bumpers, but it's in like the own like in a short form. I guess that's why they call them shorts. I wish I had something to say to that. Just outstandingly indulgent comment but i don't so i'm just gonna leave it at that thank you for your contribution anyway you're welcome thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you all in the next episode bye thanks for listening make sure you check out more episodes on itunes and on our youtube page youtube.com forward slash that game show follow us on facebook facebook.com forward slash that game show